On this week's episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members, we interview Adrienne Bookhammer, who's the executive director of the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund, and she's also a licensed social worker. She's got over 17 years of leadership experience, but things did not start off well for her. And in this podcast episode, you get to learn about her failure and how she climbed out of it. So please join us as we talk to Adrian. Hey everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know, we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter, tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs, executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter, and you can sign up once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. Welcome to this week's edition of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. And as you heard in the introduction, we are interviewing Adrian Bookhammer, who is the executive director of the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund. Adrian, so glad you have joined us today. And tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you came upon this role as being the executive director. Well, first, thank you for having me on. I enjoy uh, having conversations with you and other ways. So this will be really fun. Um, but a little bit about me, I actually moved to Florida about three and a half years ago now. I've been the executive director at the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund for a little over a year. And before that, I was actually at an adoption agency in Tampa as the executive director for a couple of years before I found this job. But before that, I had spent my entire career for 27 years in child welfare, um, both in the public and the private sector. In the private sector, I ran an adoption agency for about 12, 13 years as the executive director there. And then before that, I was in child protection and I ran an adoption unit for child, um, child welfare. So that's been primarily my background and like I said, the last like 12 to 15 years, I've been the executive director at, an, at a nonprofit agency. Well, and you, we would all like to think being executive director is smooth sailing. We move into that position and we know what the heck we're doing, but fascinating. So Adrian and I, and she just alluded to, we have other conversations because we do do some work together and just talk to each other. And she shared a story with me not too terribly long ago. And I said, oh man, this is just too good not to share with people. Would you be willing to share this failure with the but the audience, and she said, absolutely, if somebody can learn from it, then all the better. So Adrian, paint the picture, how to tell the audience a little bit about this failure, how it started, and then we'll go from there. Sure, so I, I laugh about this because I do tell people, whoever will listen, because it was probably the toughest part of my life and my career is when I became an executive director for the first time, which would have been about 15 years ago at the agency where I was at for 12 years. But before that, I was the assistant director at that agency. And so the intention was for me to move into the executive director position because the current or that the former executive director now uh, was retiring. And she decided after I'd been there for three years not to necessarily retire right away. So I was not sure that I wanted to stay there. So I actually took about three and a half years, moved into a different position outside of the agency as a trainer for child welfare. And then when she did retire, I applied for the job and took it. And well, I got it and took the job. The, the, the thing was, and how it started off, is 
I thought, how hard can it be? The board really were, was in the position that they wanted to hire somebody that could expand the agency. And they felt that that was in programming. So I know how to make, I know how to do programs. I know how to create programs. I know how to run programs. I know how to budget for programs. But it takes a lot more than that to be an executive director for a nonprofit. You actually have to think about the bigger picture, which is like the financial pieces, marketing, uh, running, you know, helping your staff, supervising your staff. Programs is only a piece of it. So the board really felt like that was the direction they wanted to take to build the to build the agency, but they didn't really then think about the consequences of me not understanding how to run an agency. So when I say, oh, how hard can it be? Like I said, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And substant or well, then when I looked at it uh, later after about a year, when I ran the financial, I ran the agency into the ground. Literally, we ran out of finances. We didn't have enough money to open the doors. I had to let off several staff members and had to understand that I didn't know what I was doing. And so it was a very difficult time. I had a lot of tears. Oh, I can only imagine that is very difficult. And while we're, we're chuckling a little bit now, uh, for those listening, you can see the look on her face. This is still a painful experience, but it's important to share because not everything is a bed of roses. And when you move into that executive director role, you are the CEO of the organization. And hey, board leaders, most people don't have experience in that, at least not their first time, right? And so we've got as board members have got to be able to support the executive director. So Adrian, let me ask you a little bit about this. What would have helped you? In retrospect, when you think about it, what would have helped you to be a little bit more successful? And then weave into what you did do on your own to learn, which is very fascinating. Well, I think that what the board could have done was to understand and support me at the very beginning and figure out what I didn't actually know. So we did have a consultant that was part of uh, the, he wasn't a board member, but he was a consultant for the agency and had been for years. He was actually probably the only one that really realized what my strengths were, but also what my weaknesses were. And his he had actually made a recommendation to the board before I was hired that I needed to understand how to read financials. And he had suggested a financial class at that time. But the board didn't really take him up on that. And we had talked about it. I actually still, he's a mentor of mine. So I still talk to him all the time. He was a huge supporter of the agency. He never charged for his services. And he was my support system at the time. So he kind of walked me through once I started uh, realizing that I was in trouble. But we also didn't have an accounting person that, I don't know, she didn't feel comfortable coming to me and telling me that what was going on. She should have gone to the board. We, we should have looked at the financials very carefully every board meeting we were having problems in the board actually to begin with. We, we had members that were, uh, shouldn't have probably been on the board. They were destructive, they were toxic. Um, so there were times when we didn't even have a board meeting. And that, so I just started doing whatever I felt like I should be doing. And, and that's how it got out of hand is because there was no oversight. 
no one was asking me how it was going. I wasn't getting any feedback from the board. They thought it was great that I was starting programs and, and everything else. But at the end of the day, that was a problem too, because we didn't have any money to have programs. So to start a new program, you need at least a good five years to see if it's even going to be successful. So you need to make sure you have your infrastructure in place before you start a program. And I didn't do that. So they they didn't really know until I had to go to them. Literally, it was about a year and a half into um, my job. And I the an accountant came to me and she's like, we're in trouble. She's like, we have $40,000 left in the bank out of, we had a reserve of $500,000 and it took $75,000 to open the door every day or a month, every month, 75,000 a month to open the doors. And we, so I wasn't going to make payroll. I wasn't going to do anything if we had no more money coming in. So I had to go to the board of directors that board meeting. And basically I said, this is what I've come up with on how we can do this. And they were all shocked. They were like, what do you mean? We're out of money. I'm like, where have you been? But anyway, so I would say at the beginning, they should have definitely um, been more hands-on with me. Uh, they should have definitely monitored what was going on in the financials. They should have had checks and balances. I should have had an accountant that really, I needed to tell her she needed to come to me when we were uh, when we were having problems with something. So I learned that kind of stuff. But it took me it took me listening to and I, I tell this story because this was really the turning point is I went I had a meeting out of the office and I usually had staff meetings every Wednesday morning. And my assistant director called me that night and she said, I think you need to listen to the staff meeting because we taped it. And she goes, I don't think you're going to like it, but I think you need to listen to it. So I uh, listened to it on my way home from work that night in the car. I had a long commute and it was the staff hated me. They were like, they didn't trust me any longer. They said that I was running the agency into the ground. This was a 40 year, year old agency, adoption agency. So we had been around for a long time. They, I think the biggest thing is they didn't trust me. And I went home and I cried a lot and, sure. and I was like, I should just quit. I should just quit. But you know, the first thing that I, I'm not a quitter. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, even if I'm the only one at that agency running that agency, we're going to turn it around. We're going to rebuild our reserves and I need help. And so I swallowed my pride and um, I got into in a finance class immediately and learned how to read the PL, learned how to uh, look at the balance sheet, uh, looked at, you know, what we're bringing in, what we're leaving, you know, what's going out of the door. Um, I had to, I got into an executive director leadership group, which was the, that saved me, um, literally. Uh, they, I was able to get into a group that had other um, more skilled um, and had long-term leadership that was in there that could say, I've been through this too. Here's the first thing you need to do. Here's, and the, one of the ladies told me, she's like one of the executive directors, she goes, get out of programs. She's like, you're not a programmer anymore. She's like, you are operation. You're the big picture. You should be out meeting people in the community. You should be, you know, holding events, whatever it might take. She goes, but you're not in programs. That's what your staff is for. So that was very good advice. I read a lot of books. Um, I actually read a book that 
she had done the same thing that I was going through. And so she wrote about all of her mistakes on each section. I read it and I was like, oh, that's me. And so <laughs> she had some great advice on how to turn it around. And within the next year after doing that, and I, I swallowed my pride and I was on, I, I, dele I started delegating. I started um, knowing what, you know, saying, I don't know how to do this. And either I figured it out or I put somebody underneath that did. And we turned it around and it took us about a little over a year. We had a successful uh, fundraising event and we, we built up our reserves um, to over a hundred thousand at that point in time. So it turned around, but it took a lot of, it, it took, and I had staff leave um, because they still mm -hmm. couldn't trust me. And it took a long time to build trust back in that agency and become successful again. Wow, what a story. And so many incredible nuggets there for executive directors and for board members. You know, here you had a willing participant who was craving board oversight and involvement. And board, we we have got to be involved. Doesn't mean you get involved in the day-to-day -day operations, but certainly supporting the executive director and providing her, in this case, her the support that she needs in order to understand that new leadership role because it is different. You are now you know, the top dog and, and you've got to learn to delegate and understand the, the things that you did. So quite a fascinating story and, and kudos to you for recognizing that. And, and that humble pie that you had to eat had mm -hmm. to be just terrible. That's difficult. <laughs> yes. It no, was. None of us like that. Yeah. None of us like that, but you, you learned from it. So now looking back, so when you, when you talk to other executive directors, if somebody's new coming into the role, what advice would you give to him or her? I think to really do a deep dive into what you know and what you don't know. And what you know, I think, are your strengths and you can expand on those. But the things that you don't know, you have to be okay with asking for help and trying to figure those out. And if you can't do it, I think that's okay. I think you have to be okay with you're not, you might not be the best marketer in the world, but that's why you have a, you know, you might have a marketing person, or maybe you look for a contract person that is good in marketing. So they can help you with that if you can't afford to actually have staff members. So I think you have to really be okay with not knowing everything and, and being okay asking for help. Yeah. So, so you be, you've been an executive director a couple of times since then, you know, we all learned. So what are you doing differently when you come into an organization? How do you approach the role differently than you did that first time? I think I probably for sure ask the board what they're going to do to support me um, and, and what their expectations are and making sure that they're realistic. I think the biggest thing is to come into a situation where you're not really sure what your expectations are and what the board really expects from the growth of the organization. And again, you said earlier not to be like hands-on in the necessarily the day-to-day -day operations and, and to do more governance, but there's, there's all kinds of ways that you can support an executive director with not being the day-to-day -day person, but just saying, how is it going? You know, I never got a, I had to fight to get my annual review every year. Um, and I said, I wasn't going to do that anymore. I mean, I deserve to know how I'm doing and what I need to do better. And I think that needs to happen if it's not annual, or if it's not like every six months, it should be annually for sure. And so I think that's, I think those are the big things I would say is like, really know who you're, 
what your board expects from you and, you know, get to know your staff. I mean, I think, you know, be open to having them come in and talk to you about what's been working, what's not working. What are they going to miss with the prior executive director leaving? I think we forget that this in nonprofit work that most people are doing this because they have a heart for it, not necessarily because they're making a ton of money because they usually aren't. And I think that, you know, the, ex the prior executive director, if they had any kind of relationship with their staff, this is a grieving process for them. And so to come in and make a lot of changes at the beginning, not really probably a good idea. You should just sit back and let this and see how things run and then make changes if you need to as you move forward and they get to know you and trust you. That is really good advice on, on two parts there. The assessment, and yeah, I, I gave a talk the other day at, in it was a large group of uh, nonprofit folks and board members, and I was preaching to them, give your executive director an annual review. And, and you could see the the nods in the room aging were going, yes, obviously mm -hmm. that was all the executive directors because the good ones want to know, give yeah. me feedback to grow, to develop. What am I not doing well? And what are your expectations? Oftentimes as boards, we don't give clarity and expectations, which is just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would just say, what I would say to him is, is if you can find one, find outside support, uh, meaning that, you know, either in a group with your other, with peers and, and mentors, find a mentor for you, because I think that's really important is to have outside perspective. When you, when you don't have, you can't always, as an executive director, you can't talk to your staff about everything. This is not appropriate. You can't always talk to your board about everything because that's also not appropriate. So I think you have to have somebody outside of the organization that can really support you and listen to you, offer you advice. Um, and I think your peer relationships are different than a mentor too. So I think mentoring is important. I also think coaching is different than mentoring. So I think you should have a combination. You should have a toolbox of ways to find out what you need to, you know, have the support you need. And you were very smart to do that. You'd mentioned this gentleman that was your mentor and you touched on a little bit. You joined that executive director group. Uh, some people call it a mastermind, but this is a group you met with on a regular basis, which allowed mm -hmm. you the opportunity to interact with your peers and a little bit of structure, but to really have those confidential discussions. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you think every executive director ought to consider joining a group like that? Yeah, because it's the only thing that literally kept me at that job because I really didn't know what I didn't know and where to search for it. And so it was an, it was a safe environment. We weren't in competition with each other because we all did something different. Um, we all ran a nonprofit, but we did, it was different. It wasn't like a competitive group. We went in there and I just tended to be the, the newest executive director, but I had joined other groups where I was then the senior and there was newer group members in there. But I was able to ask questions on, I have a board member that I don't know what to do with. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're struggling. And, and so they would give me advice and tell me what to do. Like I said, that, you know, I, and I cried a lot in that group. It was, it was literally a support group. I mean, was, I, I, I laugh about it because I'm like, I know I was the, the messed up child that was <laughs> that that group, but I learned everything I learned how to be an executive director. I learned from my peers, um, not from anybody teaching me how to do it. And then my the consultant 
was a mentor. He ended up being a mentor to me, to me. And I still, like I said, I communicate with him when I'm struggling with something, I'll reach out to him and ask him, what do you, you know, can we set up a, you know, 15 minute talk? And he talks me through something. So I, like I said, there's, per, there's purposes for each different situation. So, so you, you mentioned as you, as you've evolved as your executive director, one of the things that you establish with a board of directors is the expectations and working with the, the board members. What are some tips that you've learned that might help other executive directors that maybe don't have that tight of a relationship with their 15 plus or whatever board members? Well, I, I think the first thing, uh, I learned to do was I would meet with each individual and find the reason why they were on the board, what was their passions and, and purpose for being there, and then what were their expectations individually. And it's interesting because they will be different. You know, they're all they're all on the same board, but their reasons that they're on the board are sometimes not the same, and their expectations of what they want to see, and not only in just the executive director, but the agency in general, also uh, makes an impact. So I think meeting with them individually, getting to really know them, making that a priority to meet with them, like even if it's every six months, definitely annually, you should meet with them individually again, but it will help strengthen those relationships. And really, I have to say, it really is about the board chair. If you have a good relationship with the board chair, they will they will have your back. Um, if you're struggling with your board chair, I think then you should bring in a consultant or bring in somebody on the outside that can help strengthen the board because you, you aren't their boss. You're they're your boss, not the other way around. And so it's really hard to confront uh, a board member when it's not your role to do that. So I think sometimes that's when the outside consultant really helps to br to bring them in and and try to get through some of those dynamics that are happening. I'm so glad you said that because that role is absolutely critical in that relationship. The CEO executive director with the board chair is critical. And, you know, as I, I, part of the talk I gave, I said, there's really no more dysfunctional system than a nonprofit board, right? These are people <laughs> that meet once a month. You know, I, I joke that these are your bosses that never show up to work except <laughs> once a month. Right. Which is really the, the the fact. And so it's the chair has got to manage that board. And once every year or two, two you find yourself with a new boss just mm -hmm. thrust upon you. And then you've yeah. got to work with that person. You got to re reset and you know, have those meetings and try to establish that relationship. And once you get into a flow, it's probably on to the next one. So it can be really difficult for an executive director. And I say that specifically out loud because board members need to appreciate that. That transition is mm -hmm. much more challenging than just our vote to say, hey, congratulations, Michael, you're new to the board chair. Good luck. Right. Well, and also I think I think that's really important too, is that it shouldn't just, I mean, I think there should be some thoughtful discussion um, with the board to talk about where, who's going to be the next chair or any position really on there, because, you know, it's you're making a decision that could really ultimately affect what happens to the organization moving forward. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, I was so glad that somebody else volunteered to do this and they vote them on. And it's like, wait a second, I'm the one that has to now figure out how to bridge that relationship. And we have to be able to keep the organization moving forward. And sometimes that's not the best thing that you just did. So I think it's important for them to think that too. 
Yeah, well stated. What, what, uh, let me ask you this. What role should the executive director have in not selecting, but encouraging participate in the discussion for the next board chair? I think it's huge because that the executive director is the one that's going to have to work with that person. And so I think it's they should definitely be part of the conversation. Like you said, it shouldn't be we're not supposed to be selecting them, but we should definitely have a have a say or a, a voice in that. Well stated. I totally agree with you. So as, as you think back. You think back and during those painful times, and as you you fast forward to where you are now, three or four of the key nuggets you'd like to share with everybody as we as we wrap up. I think a big one that I had lost sight of too was um, what our what our mission was, and so I was in a position to try to bring more revenue into the organization and. In the process, we lost sight of kind of our mission. So we had to, when I had to redo everything, we really got back to what the mission of the organization was. So I would definitely say, be careful of mission drift, stay in your lane. That's what you do best. Don't try to, I've seen so many agencies close down because they needed revenue and they to be able to keep their doors open. And so they started doing things that don't even make sense to what their mission is. And that just makes you fail. Um, I think you need to learn how to read a PL. I mean, you <laughs> definitely need to know how to read the financial statements. Um, and you need to know how you're doing and you know, make sure that your, your infrastructure is in place before you do start to do something different. I think it's also important, I mean, even though we never talked about this, um, this on this conversation, but I think earned income is huge. And I think nonprofits need to start thinking about that they are a business. Just like any other for-profit business, yes, you are a business with a heart and you are you have a, a core um, mission that you're you're hoping to succeed with, but you're still a business and you need to run like one. So there's nothing wrong with having a program that brings in money or revenue and diversifying your revenue. And I think be okay with not knowing what you're you don't know and ask for help as much as you possibly can get in with your peers, talk to your peers, have a mentor, have a, a coach, whatever it takes to be successful. Uh, Adrian, I can't say it any better than that. Thank you so much for coming on and being willing to open up and be humble and share and transparent and share uh, your pain because you are certainly not alone. A number of folks have gone through that experience and maybe going through yeah. it right now. And there is light on the other side at the end of the tunnel, as they say. So right. ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Bookhammer, the executive director for the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund. Appreciate you spending time with us today and I wish you the best. Thank you, Michael. All right, you just heard from Adrian. Now it's recapping with Reed. Reed, what are the three takeaways from our podcast interview with Adrian? My first takeaway is for the executive director to focus on leadership. If you came from programs, get out of the programs. If you came from finance, get out of thinking specifically about that and focus more on the overall leading of the organization. Very good. Number two. It's a good practice for the CEO executive director to meet with each board member individually, at least annually, because people will often say different things in a one-on-one -on -one setting than they will in a group setting. Also, you're building that relationship and there's nothing more important than relationships. Number three. Have a toolbox of outside support. So whether that's a mentor, a consultant, and an executive leadership group that you can go to, you should have multiple options for 
outside support that you can rely on to help you work through different situations as a leader. Yeah, very good. And Adrian did that masterfully to help her get out of the hole that she had dug herself self into. And again, I'm chuckling. That was a very difficult story, but she's she's smiling about it now because she's learned things and she's making a difference. So thank you. Recapping with Reed. Thank you, everybody. And we will I501 see you next week.